0: This is the Engineering Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Avi Noda. This week's guest is Russ Neelis, the product lead of Plaid's Developer Foundations team. Russ has been focused on introducing product management as a discipline in his organization. In this episode, we cover his journey as well as general topics around the role of PMs on platform teams. We start by talking about why platform PMs are uncommon and some signs that bringing in a product manager may be beneficial. We then discuss the challenges that Plaid's platform team has faced without having PMs, as well as some examples of projects where PMs have been crucial. We conclude our conversation by talking about how leaders should approach bringing in PMs to their own platform groups. Russ has nearly a decade of experience in platform product management with lots of great advice. I hope you enjoy listening. Russ, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Excited to sit down with you and chat. For sure, I uh, am super happy to be here. I'm a big fan of the podcast, the folks that you've had on thus far. Thanks for saying that and yeah, grateful to have you as well. I wanna start with, so you recently joined Plaid as a product lead for the tech foundations and data platform team. Would love for you to just share kind of the current snapshot of you know your role there, what you're seeing, and what it is you're trying to do at Plaid.
1: Yeah. So I started at Plaid not too long ago, a little over seven months ago, and I was hired as the product lead for the developer foundations team. Plaid is a super successful company working in a great space. And as the company has grown, so has the platform team. And their investments. And the leadership team there is definitely forward thinking and has adopted this sort of product-led approach to developing products. And they've started to apply that to their platform team as well. And so that's what I'm there to help out with. I have similar experience at Twilio prior to Plaid, but the way I talk about product to people at Plaid, but just generally is like, and I picked this up from one of the PMs at Heroku is like, we're a heat seeking missile for value. And so I'm here to help the platform team at Plaid identify the most valuable things to work on. And that's a broad subject, but we can go into that as deep as you want. But at the end of the day, that's what
0: I'm at Plaid to do. I love that analogy of being a heat seeking missile for value and it's awesome to hear you're trying to help introduce the product management discipline at Plaid. You know, first, I want to just call out that, you know, one of the reasons we're so excited to have you on the show is that in my view, platform product managers are a little bit of a rare breed in our industry as a whole. So, you know, first off, would you agree with that? Definitely agree. They are a rare breed and the reason just
1: anecdotally, like, I think when I introduce myself as a product manager and platform, they're oh that's interesting, you know, <laughs> like not something they've folks are accustomed to seeing. But I think that's changing. Just again, anecdotally, based on the number of folks reaching out to me and just you know being on LinkedIn and seeing the posts. So,
0: and in your experience, you know, what kind of people are moving? And I, I want to go into your personal background next, but just broadly speaking, what kind of people do you see moving into platform PM roles? What kinds of people do you see having the most success? You know, what kinds of people should organizations be looking at recruiting internally, potentially into these types of roles? That's a great question. So I don't love to
1: generalize in this area, but I will because there are certain patterns that I've seen that are successful. And what what I want to say is like, I don't think, typically speaking, you see a product manager come from like a non-platform or engineering background. The folks that I've seen have the most success are people that have either operated as an engineer previously in their career or were in engineering management, but one way or another, are really passionate about the platform space in general, like they've seen up close and personal, like the impact of
0: working on platform products and services. Yeah, I would agree with that. Having seen you know, people like you, again, we'll go into your background in a minute, but lots of kind of former engineers or Technical product managers kind of bridging into becoming platform pms, I asked you that question though it did kind of pop into my mind that one of the counter arguments against having platform pms is that you know a lot of organizations just have their lead engineers or engineering managers essentially responsible for the heat seeking missile type yeah. work and the the pm work so again, in your experience and in your view. What are the pros and cons of that approach? What are the limitations of putting that responsibility on just your engineers or EMs? I think ultimately it's like a scaling question, right? Like another
1: way to just get super direct about the question is like, do we need product managers on platform team? And my first answer is like, no, you don't really need product managers on a platform team at least or however from the start. If you're a small team, like I don't know that that's where I would invest in headcount is putting a product manager. However, as the organization grows, you start to see specialization and this isn't limited just to like product managers and platform. You start to see data scientists. We start to see like SREs come on. We do see like product designers. We see tech writers. And I think like product management and platform is just an evolution of that. And so the downside to once you reach a certain size, is that you're not making the most effective use of your engineers or your engineering manager's time by having them pursue what is really a dedicated discipline of product management. And so if you're at that
0: size, you might as well start to see the benefits from somebody that really thinks about that space deeply. What do you think, as you've talked to other engineering leaders and platform across the industry, what are the biggest arguments against ever having platform PMs. Like you said, it's sort of a specialization. You can maybe get away with not having them. So I mean, there's that argument of maybe not having them at all. Like, where do you draw the line? How would you help a leader make a decision as to when is the right time, or if they should move forward with that? Yeah. So I think like there's two things there, like, why not?
1: And why should we have? So One of the arguments I've heard is ironically on this podcast, and I think it was with Will Larson, who said it's difficult to find platform PMs. And a lot of times, if you do find one, they might be interested in pursuing like more typical customer-facing product work. And I think that's there. I've seen that pattern before where I have hired an internal platform uh, product manager and they have expressed interest in going, I've supported that. That said, I do see like, once you start to see some of the value that's associated with internal platform work and the force multiplication factor there, folks do get excited about it. And PMs do want to specialize in that. And that's where they're they're comfortable. In terms of like trying to find like a concrete litmus test for when you might want to add a product manager, maybe I'd come back even to like another conversation that was on this podcast, which was like, what's a reasonable percentage of your engineering capacity that should be put... Toward platform investments, like what percentage of your staff should be working on the platform? And, like, if you're really grappling with those sorts of questions, to me, that might be a sign that you could benefit from having a product manager or product management team come in and help better rationalize or otherwise quantify the value that the platform organization will be providing to the rest of the business. The alternative there is like, you find like an understaffed platform team, like maybe you're not putting enough, I don't know, investment in like security or reliability and that sort of thing. And a product manager, my opinion is they can really help out with that and lend some more uh, firepower to making those, those arguments and frankly benefiting the business, which is what
0: we're all here to do. Yeah, I think that's a really great insight. I love the idea of if you're not sure about what your platform investment should be, or not sure how much you're getting out of it, if there's sort of a lack of articulation of clear value and strategy around your platform work, then that might in of itself be a sign that there's an opportunity to bring in product management to help define and convey that strategy to the business. So absolutely agree with that. Because you are such a rare breed, though, I want to ask you, how did you personally end up becoming a platform PM? I never had any aspirations to be a product manager, let alone a platform product manager. So just
1: real quick background on me is I started my career right at like the cusp of the dot-com implosion. I was working for a small fantasy sports startup, kind of went downhill. I was doing like basically support stuff. And then I went and I... Started working at National Geographic, uh, the magazine, and the channel. And they had a Unix team there. And I was like, these are my people. I want to be a Unix admin. And so I spent more and more time on that. And there was this hobbyist operating system, which most of us are familiar with, called Linux. And I started really spending a ton of time learning a lot about Linux. And uh, there was a scientist there doing tornado modeling on Linux. I was asked to work on that, got really passionate about that space. And then Eventually, got into working a little bit in the Usenet and CDN industry for a public cloud provider, then another public cloud provider. Then I started working for Twilio. So, when I'm at Twilio, I was actually hired to be the manager of cloud operations. And that pretty quickly transitioned into a role where I was working with the platform team that was responsible for building out the operating system images that we use at Twilio. We have that immutable infrastructure pattern Mm -hmm. where and all the binaries were put in place in this AMI image anyhow there was an adjacent an adjacent platform team and they had a product manager join them twilio is very much like a product led company very focused on serving our developers that sort of thing and they since the platform is ultimately a vessel for serving our internal developers somebody decided i'm not even sure who uh, that we should bring a pm into the organization And that team that had that PM in the platform org just so far outpaced the other platform teams with respect to delivering value to the organization. I became totally enamored with the idea. It was just so cool to see. And I I went in somewhat blindly where I was like, I could do that. Like, okay, I get to figure out what are the most important things to work on. I'll just really champion those things but I just went in head first and and really invested a bunch of time in that, and then slowly but surely i uh, got got to a spot where I left. Twilio as the director of product for their internal developer platform, so at my heart, I still consider myself to be an engineer, and sometimes like that's where I like to spend my free time like on the weekends, I'll write code, et cetera. but I really feel strongly about the product position within
0: platform. I want to ask you about something you brought up. You referenced Will Larson's point on an earlier podcast episode about how it can be difficult to recruit PMs or retain PMs in platform because there are often potentially more impactful problems PMs could be working on on the customer facing side of the business. So I'm curious as someone who's now been in a platform PM role for several years, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, have you considered? moving out of platform into other types of PM work? Or do you see kind of being a platform PM as its own sort of career path or function? Yeah, personally, I haven't considered going out of a platform product position.
1: I think I'll always be in a platform, an internal platform role, whether that's as a product manager or otherwise. But I will say like there's some nuance there where there are externally facing products that consumers are using that are in that platform space, right? So cloud platforms like AWS and GCP come to mind immediately and there is some overlap. And so I have seen people make that kind of move in between. However, for me personally, I am pretty much in love with the the platform space, which gets to like the first part of your question around like, is there more value to deliver externally? I don't know if I completely agree with the premise there because I really believe in the leverage that a great platform team can provide by removing the responsibility for undifferentiated work from those customer facing product teams. Right. And we can talk about like what I mean by that, but it's, you know, like if every team is having to figure out how to build software or secure software or deploy software, like I see that like, is energy wasted, that time that could otherwise have been spent by those product teams investing in the customer-facing product. So again, that gets kind of gets back to what we were talking about earlier with like the scale of the organization. If you're in a place like Twilio where you've got 100 plus product teams, there's a lot of value in figuring out how to get your platform right.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that point. And it's, I don't know if you heard the previous episode with Ryan Atkins at Asana. He actually talked about kind of how he quantified the potential leverage and impact his org could have on the business. And if you just take a small percentage of productivity or efficiency increase and multiply that by your headcount, you usually get a pretty big number. That's pretty significant, even compared to revenue gains that other product teams may be delivering. And on that note, I do want to ask you, I've also been a product manager before. And of course, in any large tech organization, The the way you kind of move upward in your career is through demonstrating big impact on the business and the business metrics, ARR, MPS, MAUs. As a platform PM, have you felt? How have you kind of navigated that? Especially when you're competing against right other customer facing PMs in the performance review cycle, for example. How have you navigated articulating the impact that you have on the business? I love this question. So I think as like a platform
1: PM, but even, you know, even if you're not a PM, but you're on the platform team in general, one of the most important things you can do is what I describe as like capturing the currency of the platform. Like what are the units that you, that you operate within, you know? And I think like the Dora stuff is a fantastic place to start. Like when we're talking about lead time for change deployment frequency etc change failure rate meantime right those things like because of the great research that has been done in that area like we know right that that's statistically predictive of positive business outcomes so like that's a huge like shoulder or shoulders to stand on but then there's also just like the cost of the platform like the aws bills but then i think that really important thing to capture. There's like, what's the most expensive expenditure for the business? In most cases, it's the employees, right? And like the engineering team. And like, can we start to think about like, the fully loaded cost of an engineer? And how much value does that fully loaded cost get us per engineer with respect to some of those other metrics? I was talking about with some Assembly of those different metrics and dimensions, you can start to make, I feel like, a pretty sound case for how you're
0: delivering impact as a platform team. I mean, if you were to not even at Plaid, but just kind of join some fictional organization out there as their new platform product leader, say, you know, 500 engineers, I mean, what's like a dollar figure? Like, do you think you can get? like 20% more kind of ROI per engineer per that fully loaded cost? Like what do you see as like the opportunity big picture for these games? It's obviously it's going to depend on like the business, the
1: engineering team and where they're at. So I can't say like a specific percentage, but what I can say is through those metrics, I described you can start to come up with projections there right like there's estimates that you can start to put in place with respect to like okay if we get this right we'll see some fewer number of incidents or we'll start to see higher rate of ships we'll start to see the number of new product features going out at a quicker clip than you otherwise would have but you're not going to get to like i haven't seen it you're not going to get to like that pnl type holy grail statement like You can do that in some areas, right? Like a big thing right now is obviously controlling cloud costs. And so you can start to say like, okay, we're going to reduce the amount of cloud costs. But that's slightly different than the amount of value delivered, except for when you start to put it in a little bit more abstract
0: terms of like new features you're going to ship or the acceleration of the product teams. Got it. That makes sense. Well, this has been an awesome conversation about just platform product management in general, how you got there, and some of the advice you've shared around how to navigate career success and team success as a platform PM. I want to bring it back to the current state at Plaid and more broadly, just what you're seeing on the ground as you enter a new organization what do you see as the biggest gaps that can be filled at Plaid or just more broadly speaking at any organization in a similar situation? What do you see as the biggest opportunities for introducing that product management discipline? I think it's getting crisp about the value that the platform team
1: is providing to the rest of the business and ultimately helping better prioritize what work the team should be pursuing There's a great book out there called The Build Trap by uh, Melissa Perry. And she kind of describes the alternative, which is like you get in this pattern of like getting really good at like executing, but you're just you're sort of building things for the sake of building things. And you're using like the number of outputs produced as like your definition of success. I think if like you can get into this pattern of operating more from like a platform as a product perspective, you can get into a situation where you'll have higher confidence, higher conviction that the things that your platform team is pursuing
0: are the things that are most valuable to the business and its broader goals. As you mentioned earlier, the, one of the opportunities you see is getting crisp on the value and on the priorities. It reminded me of a couple other conversations I've recently had, one of which was with a leader who discussed A platform team that was recently laid off by their organization, partly due to a lack of clear articulation of value. So, I want to ask not really about discuss layoffs and things like that, but earlier we talked about what are the signs that it might be the right time to bring in product management. But conversely, what are maybe the symptoms that you might see in an organization that the organization has a need for? product management to come in and more clearly articulate value or direction? For example, do you see people questioning the value of platform as a whole? Is that a good symptom? You know, are teams upset or resentful towards the platform teams because they don't know what the platform teams are doing at all, or they believe they're working on the right thing? So yeah, curious what your perspective or experiences on this. Yeah, I think those are both great. Examples of you call them good
1: signs. I don't know if they're good or, or bad. Might be bad symptoms, but yeah, I think those are both things they're worth looking at. But as product managers, like the thing that we're that we task ourselves with is answering the question of why. Why are we working on the things that we're working on? And so, if you find yourself having difficulty answering that question of why that Might be something to consider with respect to like bringing on a product team. And just to dig a little bit deeper in there, when I say why, it shouldn't be like somebody asked us for this thing or like this is what we're expected to do. It should be like, why is this work that the platform team is pursuing? Why is that critical for us achieving our objectives as a business more holistically? Like, why do we need them to be? building out this or that thing to make, you know, consumer facing product XYZ successful. If you can't articulate that, you might want to think about bringing in some product folks or otherwise, at least just brushing up on like the product discipline as a whole kind of getting back to that earlier point of like, hey, maybe you don't need a product manager right now, given the size of your company. But if not, like I think there might be benefit to at least apply product thinking.
0: I love that point and 100% agree. I was kind of laughing in my head as you mentioned that because in, you know, I work with a lot of platform teams and meet with a lot of platform leaders. And I was asking myself what percentage of those teams could actually answer that question you posed? What percentage of teams could actually clearly articulate what is the value that their team is bringing to the business in service of the business's goals and which goals, right? I'm I'm curious, like, when you've seen other teams, like what would you guess is, what percentage of teams would you guess are able to articulate that question? And and even at Twilio, would you say that most teams really could or was it kind of like an ongoing work in progress to define that?
1: Yeah, I think it's certainly like an ongoing work in progress. I think Twilio was an interesting company in that they were really, really focused on being product-led. It was just like in the DNA. And I know that there's other companies out there like, I've talked with, like, platform PMs at Spotify, (laughs) and, like, I'm, like, I asked the question of, like, how do you all know that you need PMs on your teams? And they're, like, they kind of, like, looked at me puzzled, like, that's just how we operate. Like, what do you mean? And I was, like, huh, you know? But so, like, to answer your question directly, I don't exactly know, but I definitely have encountered even, you know, at Twilio and, and other places like Pockets, where I think folks are just caught up in the day-to-day weeds of like, oh, here's my JIRA backlog. Here are the things that I'm supposed to execute on. This person requested this or that from the team. We're going to deliver on that thing. But I don't think they can come back to say like, hey, this revenue producing product needs my support to be
0: successful. Can you share maybe a fictional example of a really good, I don't want to call it a mission statement, more strategy statement, let's call it, or answer to the question of why. Can you just share like a fictional example, just as almost like a template for people listening to this, to help them come up with their own?
1: Yeah, I think it's something related to different businesses are operating at a point where they need to focus more on innovation, or stability. And like, you'll hear this, like classically described as like a horizon one or horizon two horizon three product. I think your mission as a platform team is to find the appropriate balance of platform tooling to enable the business to succeed wherever they are within that product lifecycle. Like if you're just early on trying to find product market fit, and you need to ship things quickly, then your platform team should be building something out to support that. If you've got like a more stable business in place where your customers value the resiliency of the platform, then you should start putting in place platform tooling to serve that need. And so I know that's like not a neat statement, but the idea there is like, can your platform find homeostasis with respect to like where your business is within
0: its broader life cycle and in the portfolio of products it has? I love that and love the emphasis on... Basically, you said it it depends. And it depends first on understanding the context, like where the business is at and what's important to the business. And it's similar to the advice, you know, my version of this, the advice I share with platform leaders is kind of a <laughs> a little more of a a blunt way to put it. I, I say, you know, like what is keeping the C suite up at night? What are they worried about? What are they most focused on for the business? What are they losing sleep over? those are the things that you should probably align your platform work to, right? Those are the things you want to solve or accelerate or enable. That's kind of my version. What do you think of that? Absolutely, definitely. And like, I think that's something that product within your
1: platform can really help with is like making sure that there's that conduit from what the business is trying to achieve broadly broadly with all the work that you're doing sort of like on the ground floor in the platform space. And like, I'll just use that as an opportunity to harp on something, which is, I think a lot of times I hear within platform teams, and I even do this myself just for shorthand, but we will talk about our internal users as our customers. We'll say like, hey, team X, Y, or Z, they need help like with standing up like a new Kubernetes cluster or something like that. And I've even been in meetings where I've been talking with users on different externally facing product teams, and they've said to me, "Hey, kind of like, you need to listen to us because we're your customer. And what I say to them is like, you're not my customer, you're my partner. We both have the same customer. The customer is the people that are paying us money for the product that we're delivering as. A company or the products we're delivering as company and i want to make sure that i'm providing you with the right tools and capabilities to make sure that we are successful delivering a solid product that our customers want and need and so like just that kind of nuanced thinking gets back to like you have to establish that sort of that connection to what you're trying to do with the company's products
0: more broadly i love that and i would maybe add to it at least in my mind you know, not only are your actual customers, the end customers of the business, but really the business itself is a customer in a way, right? We were just discussing your ultimate goal might be to just save the business money or improve reliability for the business. And so, yeah, I love that way of thinking that you're sharing. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Right. Like if the business has like decided we really need to cut costs how can the platform enable that you know what sort of things could we be working on to make sure that that happens as quickly as possible
0: and it's funny my brother actually recently became had a product at gusto and took on this larger product role and i was having a conversation with him about kind of the same problem even for a customer facing pm that i think a lot of especially new pms they when they come into a PM role, they become hyper focused on the customer, right? right? Like what are the customers requesting? What are the customers complaining about? What's a vision that serves the quote unquote customer? But and the advice I gave to my brother was don't forget that you're operating within the context of a business that is trying to also do things. And so yeah, finding that balance between your end user and the business I think, and having that impact on both in a balanced way is, is one of the challenges, I think, for any PM role, but particularly easy to maybe stray or veer when you're a platform PM, because internal developers are such vocal and accessible customers. <laughs> <laughs> they, right? they, yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but totally,
1: you know, like I mentioned the cost thing, but there's also security related things that you have to factor in, like what, you know, for your business to be operating, within the confines of like
0: the, you know, the legal constraints. There was a lot of other things to consider. I want to ask you more about Twilio because I know a big part of what you're doing at Plaid now is trying to introduce or re-implement or adopt some of the learnings and things you saw at Twilio. So I want to first ask, you talked about how at Spotify, it's just assumed <laughs> it's a foregone conclusion that platform teams have product managers What was it like at Twilio? I mean, did every platform team have a product manager? Where did product management sit in relation to these different teams? What did it look like?
1: Yeah, I would say, I'm just thinking through right now, like if I can think of any teams that operated without a product manager, if there were, they they were few, like the majority of the platform teams at Twilio did have a product manager or at least product management coverage. There was some product person that was consulting with them on identifying the most valuable things to work on. And in most cases there was a like what you I guess you would call like a line PM helping prioritize the backlog and you know some of those more traditional things that a, a PM might be expected to do day to day.
0: In your personal experience, was there a specific product or project there where you worked on, or you saw someone else work on as a PM, where you really felt like, man, this just really highlights the value that a product manager can bring? Like, was there like a big win there that was product led that comes to mind that you could share?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'll give you one where I was like, oh, this was super cool. Which was we had this problem with the time required for systems to boot up was taking way too long. Like this is just like the time to bootstrap a new system. And we spent a bunch of time, like we instrumented the system and all that. And it was really important for us to solve this problem. Like the way that sort of like captured the problem was like every time like a team wants to deploy new software, they've got to boot up a new machine. Again, we had like this immutable infrastructure pattern. Somebody came over to us and they were like kind of upset. They were like, oh my gosh, you guys broke the system, like our machines are booting up, like in 20% of the time that they used to require to boot up. Like, no, no, no. Like that's based on some work we've done recently to try and like improve the developer experience for you and make sure that you have a higher throughput of change. The other big one that I've been cite, which is probably you can read more about, it's in Jeff Lawson's book, Ask Your Developer, is uh, this work we did. And I was the principal PM for this one, building out CI/CD pipelines, continuous delivery workflows to enable the software developers at Twilio to get binaries basically from the build system out into production safely and that safely thing is very important. There's like all this work we put into orchestration strategies etc. Prior to having done that work, it was fairly difficult to get new software changes out the door. And ironically, I'm staring at a text message that was sent to me just a little while ago from one of the engineers that's still at Twilio. This is from someone at Twilio that I'm not familiar with, but they said, as a noob here, I'd like to say thank you to all the people who built and worked on Admiral. It's one of the nicest, simplest deployment mechanisms I've used right from creating a pipeline and a manifest to hitting deploy. I put so much time and energy into that thing, working with product designers, with the product team itself, putting in place a strategy to roll that out to the developers at Twilio. Super rewarding. An example of like where we put a lot of energy into making sure that we understood the problem space and where we
0: could offer the most value to the business. Well, that's awesome. I would ask you probably a million questions about Admiral and (laughs) how that system worked, but that's probably a conversation for a future episode. I want to ask you about Jeff Lawson's book, Ask Your Developer. Personally, I haven't read it. It's on my reading list. I want to ask you what is the real point of that book and how is it tied to Jeff's leadership philosophy and and how did it in your view influence the culture at Twilio?
1: Yeah, I think like <laughs> it's probably
0: best captured in the title. I think Jeff
1: is super passionate about being developer centric. For those of you that may not live in the uh the Bay Area, There's a big billboard on one of the major freeways that heads into the city on the 280 where the 280 and the 101 meet for those of you that do live in the area. And all it says is it's a Twilio billboard and all it says is ask your developer. And I think the idea there is right. It represents some of the developer centrism that Twilio embraces deeply. And like that sort of
0: sentiment, I think applied all the way down to what we were doing on the platform team. Yeah. I remember reading, I think the, cover description of the book. And I think it mentioned something about how essentially business leaders are overlooking one of the greatest source of insight and strategy in their business, which is to just ask their developers, right? Is that sort of the one of the points of the book? Yeah, I mean, I think if you read the back cover, it's it's
1: essentially like, how can you best leverage the software developers to deliver an amazing product, right? Particularly for these things and when I use the word platform, it's uh, Twilio is a platform, but like in the you know, in the broadest sense, like the same way you might say like Google Cloud or AWS, Twilio is a communications platform. And when you're building one of those platforms, they're meant to be consumed by developers or engineers of some sort. And I think what Jeff is getting at there is like don't underestimate the power of like considering that developer as like the primary persona that you're trying to satisfy and enable for building a successful product.
0: Makes sense. I want to now move forward to, you know, we've talked about kind of your view on platform product management in general, some background on how things worked at Twilio. So now coming back to Plot again, and also just in general, how do you get started? Like, what does it mean to introduce, what does it look like to introduce a PM discipline into an organization for other organizations that are maybe trying to hire their first platform PM, you know, what should they be thinking about? What's your advice for getting started? That's a great question. I would say like it has to start at
1: the top. I think it has to start at like the VP level, frankly, or wherever like there's that top level decision making being made is like, how do we operate as an organization? I think if you just try and... uh, hire a PM and like embed them in a small team and a larger organization, you know, a small platform team, I expect that'll probably be pretty rough because the expectations won't have been set appropriately and like they won't have the the shared understanding of like how the business wants to operate with that PM on the team. And so I think what's been great about Plaid is like they brought in a very senior platform product leader, my boss, Amit Kow, who was the director of product at for Netflix's platform. And kind of he built a strong partnership with the engineering leader we have at Plaid within the platform space. And like that's really enabled me to come in and sort of like start introducing the discipline with the developer foundations team. I, I'm working with and now the, the data platform team. And I expect building that relationship I have with my engineering partner would put me in a place where if we were, you know, to expand the product role, there's some model there already in place, some expectations that have put in place like if you read anything about like how can product work successfully within an engineering organization it's really like the first table stakes thing is trust you have got to have trust between your engineering leadership and your product leadership without that like things will go off the rails quickly and so that's why i think in this instance you really do have to start from the top and decide it's a priority and then start to slowly
0: roll it out throughout the organization. That point you shared kind of brought up another question in my mind. A lot of platform engineering organizations often operate for a while without product managers, but relatively, I think, senior and capable engineering leadership in the org chart. When you introduce product managers, do those product managers, in your view, typically report into sort of a the existing product management organization? Or have you also seen it where the platform PMs report into engineering leadership, since it's such a already engineering led sort of function? And do you think one works better than the other? Do you have a personal opinion on that? I've seen both. And I've seen both work. I don't know that I have like a strong opinion on that, like at... uh
1: at Twilio, my boss's boss was Jason Hudak, who was the VP of the platform engineering team. And um, my boss was a senior director of product and he he reported to him. And I thought that worked really well. At Plaid, it's a little bit more uh, where my boss reports directly into the CTO instead of like a VP of platform engineering. We don't even use traditional job titles. And that works well too. So I think it really does come back to that idea of like having a shared understanding of what the expectations of the role and the partnership should
0: be. That's good to hear. You've seen both approaches work well. Do you have a follow-up question? And in the case where the platform PMs are reporting into engineering leadership, what have you seen as far as sort of the career ladder or career progression, is it typically still tied to the existing product management ladders? Or do you kind of see a bit of a gray area where platform PMs are treated maybe a little bit more like engineers than they are product managers in terms of kind of career progression within the organization?
1: Yeah, my experience with that was at Twilio. And, you know, Twilio is a fairly large company. So there's like a formal career development framework for engineers and product managers. And so if you were a product manager on the platform team, you were following that career development framework for the product management role. So it never really felt like I was, or any of my team, I don't think they would would answer differently that we were like treated as engineers or, or something like that. Like we still participated in the broader product activities and product all hands and that sort of thing.
0: The last question I have for you is around sort of a higher level thing around how to introduce product management discipline into a platform organization. But you touched on this in a conversation we had before recording. You talked about sort of engineering-led versus product-led organizations. I'm curious how you see that pertaining to platform organizations, which is we've talked about sort of organically... Tend to be more engineering led, but as you introduce product managers into the organization, there could be a tension there, or or a shift that needs to happen.
1: Yeah, so I think it's super important to start with that when we talk about product led versus engineering led, or I think the other way I've heard it characterizes technology led is it should be a small p for product led or a small T for technology led, I guess. And what I mean by that is like, I don't actually think like, and this gets back to way way earlier in our discussion. I don't actually think that you necessarily have to have a product manager to be product led. Product led is like a way of thinking, which comes back to like, considering our platform through the same sort of lens that we might consider an external facing product. Like how does this deliver value? And so I think, if we do frame it that way, hopefully it alleviates some of the tension where folks don't feel like, oh, we're going to have this group of product people come in and start telling us what to work on. If that's the case, like it's going to be bad news <laughs> because the reality is like some of the best ideas are coming out of engineering. The role of product management is really there to help frame those ideas so that we can get to strong conviction about the prioritization there. And again, I think you can do that without a product manager. but. In terms of like, kind of easing that transition, this gets back to a few things that we talked about today. I do think like, if you're going to be a product manager in the platform space, it is really important to have some technical chops that you can lean on to build trust with the team, like opening a PR, even if it's not fantastic and something that the team needs to work with you on, goes a long way. Because it shows like, hey, you're thinking about the problem deeply and like, contributing to it on the ground floor so to speak that helps but also just going through and making sure that you're bringing back like you as a product manager are bringing back value like you are bringing the customer's voice and now i'm using kind of using customer in that sense of like the internal partners their voice to the table etc and so folks feel like hey you are providing a unique perspective here that otherwise didn't exist if you get in there and
0: you're just saying Here's the things that we're working on. Here's the prioritization for the backlog, et cetera. It's just, not, I don't think it's going to work. Well, that's great advice. And yeah, I was laughing when you said customer voice or voice of the customer. I also hear the phrase voice of the developer, <laughs> which yeah. avoids the term customer. But Russ, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's been an awesome conversation. I think a lot of leaders will get value out of this as they think about how to make the most out of product managers and their organizations or introduce product management into their organizations. Thanks again for coming on the show today. My pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. As always, you can find detailed show notes and other content at our website, getdx.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Please also consider rating our show since this helps more listeners discover our podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.